Hello, and welcome into episode 23 of the Stomp the Bus Show. I'm your host, Mark Harris, and boy, there's a lot to go over. A lot. So much has happened in this first week of September, uh, September, of this first week of December, uh, with the transfer portal opening, new coaches getting hired on the ASU staff. Uh, It's a lot to take in. You got some players transferring into ASU, uh, a lot of suspected people who may transfer into ASU in the, you know, uh, coming days throughout the rest of the month, uh, who's coaches and kind of getting into their backgrounds, uh, where, where their recruiting strengths might be. It's just a lot, a lot that's going on. And, you know, after the past, however many months it's been, uh, the Sun Devil football news, this, a lot of it's a lot of good things you know a lot of optimism coming in so uh no one knows you know how it's all going to turn out this first year under dillingham but you know the first impression i've got is a this this dude is energetic and i've got three first he's energetic uh which you would expect with a young coach he you can tell that you listen to his interviews he loves the valley he loves arizona um huge like like we talked about in the last episode, it's almost like he's a fan of Arizona state football, but he's also qualified to be a D one head coach and is an offensive uh, mastermind. Maybe might be too, uh, too strong, but he is a offensive uh, good offensive coach. Um, And then the third thing is this guy, when he got hired Dillingham, excuse me, you can tell, that he had a plan of what he wanted to do. Um, and I think the best example of that, I don't know who I've, I've listened to a ton of interviews with him uh, over the past week. Uh, and someone asked him about the hiring of defensive coordinator, Brian Ward from Washington state. And it was just a pretty simple answer from Dillingham. He was like, well, his defenses gave, gave me trouble. So I wanted to hire him. You know, they did confusing things with their, uh, you know, in the front seven and as who's going to blitz and who's not going to blitz and all that. So as an ASU fan, I love that. You know, I love I love that the coach uh, he's has enough humility to say that, oh, like, let's just hire the guy who gave my offense the most fits. And if if you guys remember that Oregon Wazoo game, I think it was the third game of the year. Oregon won. I think it was in the 40s by the end. But uh wazoo definitely did limit their offense for a good chunk of that game so i'm excited about that and you know obviously it it's good that it works out that brian war is a phoenix i think he's from glendale uh native and wanted to come back you know you can't just magically hire your favorite defensive coordinator every year but you know and that's just one example of him he clearly knows what he wants to do uh and you can see that uh shown in a lot of his other uh assistant coaching hires, which we'll get to shortly. One thing I do want to touch on um, before we get into the nitty gritty of the football conversation, ASU men's basketball. I mean, holy cow, they are playing so well, nine and one. Um, They beat SMU on the road last night. I think it was 75-57. and they were they looked really bad in the first half. I mean, they were just, you know, playing the kind of ugly ASU basketball that we've seen um, in the worst points of the Hurley era. 
just not, you know, stagnated offense, wasn't looking good. Oh, and then, you know, they go on a 53 to 53 to 24 run or something like that to end the game. I mean, this team is so fun to watch. Uh, and it, it they're they're deep and it just feels much more real than uh that team a few years ago that started out 12 and 0. Um, guard you. I mean, that was so much fun, but I feel like a lot of that season was just predicated around a few guys getting extremely hot from three for a few weeks and then it uh readjusting as the course of the season went on. Um, I, I don't think that I don't this team isn't quite as reliant on the three-point ball. They have much so much size. I mean, Warren Washington, Devin Cambridge, uh Gaffney, Duke Brennan, like you just have big bodies to throw people, good guard play. Fun to watch, man. It's fun to watch. And there's a good chance they enter conference the rest of conference play. They're already two and oh. Uh the traditional conference schedule. Uh probably if they can beat Creighton, then maybe they'll enter it with just one loss. They'll probably enter it with two losses. But either way, like a two loss ASU team entering the uh, traditional conference schedule, that's a good place to be. So um, you know, I I, I don't think I mentioned this on the show, but I think Hurley pretty much had to make the tournament this year to save his job. Or if they didn't make the tournament had to be like a, you know, last four out type of deal. Look, it's, it's looking like it would take a very huge collapse for this ASU team to not make the tournament. So just wanted to touch on that. Um, you know, you can still get cheap tickets to these games. <laughs> Desert financial arena has a lot of uh, downsides, but one of the upsides is there's a lot of seats there. So um, fun, fun team to watch. And yeah, so Hurley killed in the transfer portal, which I'm sure that's what Kenny Dillingham is hoping to do as well. Uh, and some of that might be with his or impacted by the assistant coaches he hired. Um, so I wanted to give a little rundown of the assistant coach group brought in by Kenny Dillingham. So the first one, um, very obvious. Sean Aguano, running backs coach. Obviously, he's going to have all of these guys. Like sometimes it's like wide receivers coach slash passing game coordinator or whatever. I'm just going to refer to them by their main position coach uh, designation. So I'm sure Iguana will have much bigger roles than just coaching up the running backs on, you know, making sure they hit the holes right and, you know, carry the ball in the right hand. Obviously I'm not a running backs coach. Uh, that would be a very bad one, but uh, anyway, Iguana on staff. That was just, again, such a great move by Dillingham because a lot of coaches or maybe not a lot of coaches, but many coaches would feel threatened by like, Oh, this guy, like, this is who the, this is who some of the fans wanted to be the coach of the season. This, this, you know, no, Dillingham's like, yeah, this is great. Like I'll, I'll keep this guy. And um, it's great when it comes to Arizona recruiting, the thing with Iguano is like, literally I haven't heard anyone throughout the entire process of him being the interim coach uh, being on staff now being on staff previously under the Herm era anyone saying a bad word about him. Like I haven't heard anything. So yeah. Why would you not have him on staff? It's a great move uh, for special teams coach. And this is uh, this move right here. Um, got rid of Sean Slocum who had been on staff Graham era into the Herm era. So he had been and ASU, in, in fairness, he had done generally a pretty good job. Like ASU had uh, Matt hacks in the NFL Zane Gonzalez. I think they've had some other, you know, kicking and punting haven't really been huge issues with ASU over the past uh, however many years. So 
but Slocum's gone. Um, Dillingham brings in Charlie Ragel. I think that's how it's pronounced. It could be Ragel, but I'm going to say Ragel. Uh, he was the head coach at Idaho State for a year, comes down to be a special teams coach at ASU. And Ragel was the head coach at Chaparral years ago. Uh, and that's, you know, where he met Dillingham. So I think, it, I think this is great. And someone, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to break down the intricacies of special teams coaching, you know, I'm not qualified slash capable slash knowledgeable enough to do that, but um, it seems, you know, he'll, he'll be a good, you know, in Arizona recruiter. Um, clearly he likes, he trusts Dillingham and it's good that Dillingham likes him too. It could be someone he can kind of lean on uh, when the inevitable tough times come. So I'm glad that they brought him in. Defensive line coach, uh, Vince Amy. This is a guy who's also very connected in um, Arizona high school coaching. Uh, I think he was on the 96 Rose Bowl team. I think he was in the NFL for a little bit, but uh, this is this is someone who a lot of ASU type people had been wanting uh, to join the staff. So again, I don't know any, I don't know everything about this guy, but I think it's a good hire as well. This this is the hire. So the offensive quarter, offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach Bo Baldwin. Uh, and I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably remember him mostly from his time as an offensive coordinator at Cal. And, um, honestly, that wasn't like a great stretch for him, you know, like, and so it'll be interesting to see how, what translates over from the FCS places he's coached where he's been good versus the, where he was at Cal. Um, and the only, I'm I'm just going to kind of defend him a little bit in terms of the Cal aspect to it is like Justin Wilcox, good defensive coach. He either, he puts like a muzzle on the offense or he doesn't hire creative offensive coordinators. Um, there's just, uh, they just haven't been good on an offense at all. So I don't know if that's a Cal problem or a Bo Baldwin problem, you know? Um, but in the other stops he's been, um, well, so after he left Cal 2019 from 2020 to 2022, he's been the head coach at Cal Poly. And then previously what kind of got him the, uh, the job at Cal was he was the head coach at Eastern Washington from 2008 to 2016. And they won an NCAA championship in 2010. This was a little bit before North Dakota state really got rolling. So Bill Baldwin is a champion, like he is a he has a national championship ring for which he was the head coach. Granted, it's the FCS, I understand, but um clearly he did a really good job at Eastern Washington, you know, and he won five big sky championships in that time as well. So he had a really good program at Eastern Washington, struggled a little bit um at Cal, albeit under a defensive oriented head coach and then uh was two years at cal poly uh record not great at cal poly but i i don't know i just feel like that's a tough job you know whatever he's not going to be the 
the head coach of ASU. You know, he's going to be the offensive coordinator. So, and Dillingham said that uh, he himself wouldn't be calling play, so that would go over to uh, Bo Baldwin. But the good thing about having a having an offensive coordinator that maybe isn't a super sexy hire under the Dillingham regime is that guess what? Dillingham is still going to be there. Like, yeah, sure. He may not be calling every single play, but he'll have a huge impact on the game plans and uh, getting players to run plays right. And uh, maybe just general game themes of how to attack a defense. Um, He was on, you guys should check this out. He did a uh, three-segment interview, in-studio interview with Burns and Gambo. I think it was on Wednesday, um, in there for you know forty-five minutes, and uh, it may not have been on that show, but a question was asked of, "Hey, are you like a running off? Like, are you an offensive coordinator that leans on the running game or the passing game?" And he and his answer was, "It depends based based on the matchup." And that's what I want to hear. I don't want to be you know, trying to run it in the line a million times. And I don't want to be trying to air it out when, you know, there's a light box and there's, you know, when the defense is giving you five yards to carry type of thing. Well, if they're giving you five yards to carry, just run it every time, you know? So I think Dillingham kind of thinks that way. Uh, and that's good. I think that, um, I think that if you're really worried about the Bo Baldwin hire, um, I th- the fact that he's going to be working with Dillingham, um, it eases it for me. You know, I'm not totally, there's not all the uh, concerns about his time at Cal are not gone, but it they are um, diminished, I would say. it's I'm not quite as worried about it as I was when I first saw the news, just because it's like, okay, well, he's going to be working with Dillingham, you know? So that's the offensive coordinator. This is the most important hire you could have made. Defensive coordinator Brian Ward. Home run. Absolute home run. First of all, you're taking – it's a lateral move for him um, in terms of conference teams. You know, he, he was at Washington State last year, and ASU fans saw his defense uh, only give up 18 points to the Sun Devils, and zero of them came in the first half. The Cougs could defend this year. You know, you, you sure you'll see that Apple Cup score they gave up 50 points. Michael Penix is a wizard. Okay. He's gonna be he's gonna torch the, this whole conference this next year. He he should have been invited to New York for the Heisman, but anyway. Um Wazoo had a great year defensively. I mean, they were the third best defense in the Pac-12. Washington State, the third best defense. Okay. It's tough to recruit to Washington State and get talent there. Not to say that ASU is going to have a bunch of five stars and he can they can get better talent comparatively at ASU than at Washington State. Um, and it, he runs a creative defense. It's not just sitting back and giving the giving the team you know soft zones and. That can be very annoying to watch as a fan. Um, and sure, I mean, this may result a, lo- a few more big plays given up, but it might resu- result in more sacks and more uh, havoc on opposing quarterbacks. So 
again, th- I, this is just, it, this was the best hire, I think, um, in terms of, I, I just think hiring Brian Ward, he's an experienced defensive coach too. Um, and like I said, you took him from one of the other teams in your conference, so you weakened them, which in turn helps you. Uh, and so I, I, I just, it, this is such a great hire and it, it's sometimes these, um, like if you're an offensive coach, you don't really even care about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you can kind of see that with Lincoln Riley at USC. I know their offense is, you know, otherworldly, but their defense continues to be bad. And it was the same way at Oklahoma. So it, it, it's it's looking like Dillingham doesn't quite have that same outlook. And again, he said on an interview recently, like, Hey, the reason I hired him was because his defenses gave my offense so much trouble. And so that's why I want him on staff. Like that's such the, that's such the right way to, uh, to think about it. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm just impressed. Like, that was that was a big hire to get to um and he'll be able to recruit fairly well i think ward is uh i think he's from glendale like i said and you know that that should help with in-state recruiting and it should and he has you know legitimate power five experience at wazoo it's i look i have some wazoo fans that i see on social media just, you know, growing up in Washington and they were not happy about this, you know, like some, like they weren't all like super mad at him for leaving, but it was like, Oh, this is kind of a loss. Like, yeah. So um, I'm just very happy about that higher. Yeah. Uh, Washington state gave up 22.4 points a game this year. That. I'll take that right now. I will sign off for that right now, especially after watching Eastern Michigan score 30 on us, UCLA score 50, Wazoo, uh, well, Wazoo scored 28. You see, even then, Wazoo scored over the uh, what we what he allowed last year. I think most most teams, other than the Stanford loss, we lost 15 to 14. Uh, so anyway, long story short. Brian Ward, creative defensive coordinator, experienced guy. He's been around the block. Um, and look, that was the most important hire. That was the hire Dillingham had to nail. You know, I would rather, I would rather Dillingham bring in like kind of a questionable offensive coordinator. And I don't even know if Bo Baldwin's necessarily questionable, but some think he is. So let's just put him in that bucket. I'd rather him bring in a questionable offensive coordinator because Dillingham already has expertise in that side of the ball and teaches it so well, as opposed to the other and, and bring in a stud defensive coordinator who can kind of handle their own stuff as opposed to the other way around where it's like, Oh, we got a great offensive coordinator with Dillingham. It's going to be awesome. And Oh yeah. Our defensive coordinator, you know, we hired this guy, a few schools wanted him. He's been okay. at past stops. Yada, yada. It's like, no, I would so much rather have the better defensive coordinator in this case. So you know, it's not, we're not going to be the 85 bears or Georgia's defense next year or the Iowa defense next year, but it it should be a much bigger improvement than it was. 
uh, or not even improvement, just a much better uh, just results than it was last year. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we got a few more names. Um, linebackers coach AJ Cooper. Uh, he also comes down from Wazoo and they had good, pretty good linebacker play this year. So I like, like that hire, good hire. Um, O-line coach brought in from Fresno state. Uh, Saga Tui Tuitele. Um, don't know much about him, but you know, it's probably has some California connections if he was at Fresno state. Uh, so again, solid hire. They haven't announced the tight ends coach yet, but there is a lot of strong uh, rumors around it being Saguaro head coach, uh, Jason Moans. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's spelled M-O-H-N-S. So I'm just going to presume, assume it's pronounced Moans. Maybe it's Mons. I don't know. Jason Moans, um, currently a head coach of an awesome, you know, kick-ass uh, high school football program there at Saguaro and it would be another Arizona connection coming on staff. And I think as there's been a huge push of Arizona kids, Arizona connection, Arizona high school recruiting, Arizona, this Arizona, that. And I think some fans are getting a little worried, like, Hey, we're getting a little worried, like, Hey, like that's great. Like we do need to recruit Arizona more, but we can't just be only Arizona. Um, and a, a lot of these coaches that have been hired have kind of fit that, mold you know uh if we go regal iguano and then let's just throw in jace uh moans from saguaro that's three you know former <laughs> former uh head coaches at arizona high school powerhouses um which is a good thing because that means all these guys have connections within the valley uh most of them you know they're well liked uh and you know obviously they know what they're doing from a football perspective and x's nose and all that uh, and, and, and a leadership perspective as well. Um, but the, I think the thing that people were worried about is, oh, it's, is it just going to be a bunch of Arizona guys on staff? No, because one, uh, Bo Baldwin and uh, Brian Ward, I don't throw into that category just because he's been so many places. Um, Saga Tui Atele uh, comes from Fresno State, so not the that connection. But two huge, huge hires. Um, have been made at the wide receiver coach and defensive backs coach positions uh, that wide receiver coaches, this guy Rashad samples who I had no idea who he was before this and defensive backs coaches, Brian Carrington. Who I also didn't know who he was. Apparently these guys are like ACE Texas recruiters. Um, I was listening Max Olson. You guys should follow him on Twitter. I was listening to a podcast of his and he brought it up unprompted that these guys are great hires for ASU. So I'm like, Okay. Okay. Um, doing a little bit more research samples is like, he's 27 years old and he was, he was, they hired him off the LA Rams and apparently he was the youngest position coach in the NFL. So that's a good place to hire from, you know? Oh, and, uh, Carrington. Yeah. He was a coach at TCU, you know, TCU is in the college football playoff right now. So, very good hires. And a lot of the college football media was like, these are good hires. These guys can recruit Texas. Uh, and apparently they'd been on staff together under Herman. Uh, I think one of them might've been at SMU. They had been, they have strong Texas ties. Um, 
and that's not the only reason you get them, but obviously they're, they're probably really good coaches too, specifically samples who was in the NFL. So long story short from these, uh, assistant coaching hires is that Dillingham is, it seems like he knows what he doesn't know, which is so critically important for being a leader, but really, and also for being a head coach, because you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room and Dillingham, even though he may be the smartest person when it comes to like some topics about football, I think he knows he is not the smartest in the room when it comes to uh, the coaching staff. So, just I'm very excited about uh, samples and Carrington. Those were announced the other day. And, you know, there's actually they've been together at previous stops and they actually have a picture together. Uh, I think it's on samples Twitter feed of them like posing. And I think this might have been at TCU because it was like the purple hue. Uh, but they, they were like posing together. And I'm like, this is great. Like, it's good that these coaches have. Excuse me, these coaches have a connection to each other. Um, you know, it's just, just a lot of good things, um, with his staff so far and specifically when it comes to ward samples and Carrington, um, I'm very, very happy about those hires and I'm happy about the other hires too, because I think it's good to have these ex Arizona high school coaches on staff and, you know, so I'm, I'm, I've, I've been, long story short, I've been impressed by Dillingham's uh, coaching hires and, you know, hopefully they don't change too much, uh, overly too much in the next few years, but that's also, you know, wishing that as a fool's errand because these coaches go back and forth like that. I mean, if we just took someone from freaking TCU, who again is in the college football playoff, then, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think that that means that someone might leave after next year. So, but that's just, that's just what the game is. So uh, anyway, there's also been a lot of roster churn. Um, I'm going to go over the players who ASU has lost first. And there's been some guys. Uh, we know that the Markham twins have transferred out uh, Keon and Kawan. Markham, but they transferred out pretty much right after Herm Edwards was uh, left the program. So, and again, before I go any further, like I don't blame any ASU kid for transferring. They put up with a whole, you know, just a bunch of crap over this past year. And I'm sure a lot of them regretted not transferring last off season because it, I don't want to say it would have been a joyless experience playing on this team last year, but there were more fun teams to be a part of than the 2022 Arizona state sun Devils. I think that is very fair to say. Uh, so I don't blame any of these guys for transferring, especially you got a new coach coming in. So yeah, but Paul Tyson's in the portal, understandable. Uh, then it kind of gets into, gets into a little more of uh Interesting, but bigger names. So Anthony Cooper, he was in the portal last week. Daniel Ngata went in the portal. So that's very interesting. And I don't, guys can go in the portal, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to leave. Uh, not every guy, obviously. But in, look, if you're in the portal, that means you're probably going to leave, but it doesn't mean you are 100% going to leave. Uh, 
that's what Omar Norman Lott did uh, after spring, went in the portal, came back. He's in the portal now. Safe to assume he's not coming back. And again, can't blame him. Also, he's not coming in for a uh, he's not coming in for a defensive coach either, you know. So uh and God is in the portal, Norman Lott. Two a, a few special teamers. Um Eddie Shaplitsky, I think that's how it's pronounced, is the punter and uh kicker Jace Feely and long snapper John Furlman all went in the portal, and that's where the uh not keeping Sean Slocum kind of um I don't want to say rears its ugly head, but just uh, that's the impact of not keeping Slocum is that you're going to lose some of these special teams guys. They did. They have already placed some of them. So I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world, but I mean, Shaplitsky was our only first team back 12 player, So, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a loss. Um, and then some other guys, uh, defensive end, Joe Moore entered the portal. Also understandable. He's an out of state guy. Uh, and he, you know, nothing wrong with it. I totally understand why you would want to get in the portal. So that, um, wide receiver, Cam Johnson came in from Vanderbilt. He's in the portal. And then, uh, two, that was a little, well, one I'll go over right now is, uh, Ladarius Henderson enters the portal, which considering he, he took an invite to like, I think it was the shrine bowl. I expect him to just declare for the draft. I think he maybe want maybe that was his original plan, but maybe again, this is speculation. I don't know. Uh, because he transferred to Michigan shortly after entering the portal. So, you know, maybe he wants to prove it one more year against uh, you know, Big Ten competition. Maybe that will help his draft stock. I could see it, you know. Um, and he uh Michigan has a transfer. I think his last name's Olawatimi. He's their center from Virginia and he's playing really well. So I could see Henderson seeing that and being like, well, you know, maybe I'm a sixth round pick now, but if I go to Michigan and play one more year and Henderson's only like 21 years old, he's super young. So um, that could help too. Uh, but maybe he's thinking if I go to Michigan, I get a little better. Maybe that improves my draft stock from a sixth rounder to a third rounder, or, you know, whatever, a fifth rounder or second rounder, whatever it may be. So um, get why he's leaving as a, you know, stupid ASU fan. I kind of just wish he would go straight to the draft, but you know, it's dumb. It would be dumb for me to be like, Oh, you should do this and this. I know what you need to do. Like, no. So um Wishing him best of luck. And then the other one, this was this is the most surprising one, is uh, ASU center Ben Scott said he would be entering the portal. So he's been the center for a few years, uh, played every game this year, I believe. So that's that one uh, probably tie between him and Ngata is the most surprising, just because uh, Dillingham is an offensive coach. Uh, seems like his offensive guys like him. Uh, at Oregon um, and at Florida State and Auburn. So it, that one, I, I don't really have any, you know, whatever. He's going to do what he's going to do. But I, I was just a little more surprised by the Ben Scott entrance into the portal. Um, and I guess for Ngata as well. Uh, but, you know, hey, maybe they'll come back. And if they don't, then it is what it is. You know, these guys, these all these guys who are on this past ASU team, like no ASU fan should be critical of their decision to leave. That's what that's what happens when you get a new coaching staff, you know. So 
Um, wishing wishing the best of luck to both to, to every one of the guys who entered the portal. Uh, and who knows, maybe a few of them will come back. So that's kind of where we're at um, with the portal. Honestly, still less guys than I thought there would be entering the portal. <laughs> you know, um, again, there's still time for guys to enter the portal, as we know from last year. But uh, I thought it would be a little bit more of an exodus, and it hasn't quite been. And one of the guys um, people really wanted to retain was Jalen Conyers, and he announced on Thursday that he would be returning to ASU, and that's huge with the way he came on at the end of the season. Um, he's an athletic tight end, big body, and I, it's such a good thing that he's coming back. And if you, if you watched any of the tight ends at Oregon last year, they got a lot of opportunities, a lot. So he probably had to be watching that Oregon film and be like, oh, you're going to – we're going to be running this play. We're going to be running this play. Like, heck yeah, I'll stay. So good to have him back. Uh, uh, another tight end, uh, Messiah Swinson. He said he's staying. Love that. I mean, these – Conyers and Swinson can be a fantastic tight end duo next year. Fantastic. They're both great athletes, huge bodies. Um, and Dillingham knows how to use those tight ends, man. I, I'm excited about that. So you have him coming back. Jordan Clark's coming back. Um, and I think, I think there's a lot of other guys coming back too, but in terms of uh, higher profile names, I think that's the list of guys that are 100% coming back. So still no official word on Elijah Badger, but um, just based on his recent Twitter activity, it, it feels like he's staying. He's been, uh, I saw a tweet where it was, you know, with Chad Johnson Jr., who's a big ASU guy. I don't think um, Ocho Cinco Jr. is going to be heading anywhere. So I would expect Badger to stay, especially with a guy like Dillingham. But who knows? So we do have some incoming transfers, though. Uh, and I'm only talking about the guys who are official. So, you know, there's been speculation that Graham Walden at Oregon – uh, Arizona guy could come down. Jake Smith, who was at a Notre Dame prep, originally went to Texas, then transferred to USC. Uh, a lot of speculation that he could join Tempe, and then there's some other other guys out there as well. But I just want to run through the guys who are 100% here. And the first, the first one was uh, Tristan Monday, who former Wisconsin defensive end. Uh, he was a three-star recruit in the 2022 class of Saguaro, 6'4", 240-pound, 240-pound, 6'4", 240-pound defensive end. Uh, and last year was offered by U of A, Colorado, Florida, Baylor. Not Florida. U of A, Colorado, Baylor, Florida State, and Wisconsin. So... Yes, he was a three-star recruit, but he had, you know, FSU and Wisconsin looking at him, Baylor, and then also two other Pac-12 schools. So really good that he's coming back. Um, the fact that other schools, other bigger schools wanted him, um, that's very good. He's got a good frame, you know, 6'4", 240. Should be able to, should be able to do that. Uh, or, you know, should be able to hopefully contribute just a freshman too. So, uh, and in his Twitter picture, he's got a pic of him uh, and his dad kind of doing the sparky 
sign next to Sparky mascot at Camp T. I mean, that's great. Like this kid, this is the typical example of someone who grew up wanting to play for ASU and then our previous staff decided to just ignore him. And so we went to Wisconsin. Uh, now he's coming back to ASU. So that's a good pickup. First one. And then we got another um, another pickup. Uh, Kansas State linebacker Crew Jackson out of Queen Creek. Uh, no, this guy, uh, he's a six foot five, 204 pound safety slot, safety linebacker hybrid out of Queen Creek. And, you know, Kansas State won the Big 12 this year. So it's, it's good that they thought that he was worthy of being on their team. Um, so, and, you know, and a lot of these guys that are we're bringing back so far are just, just guys that you need to fill out a roster. Like, even if it's a bunch of three-star guys, just having them, you know, to practice and fill in for injuries, or maybe they become good players, you know, who knows? But um, just with the huge lack of recruiting in the past few years, um, it's good to have, it's good to have Dillingham focusing on bringing these guys back. Uh, a lot of these guys haven't even been away from ASU for that long. And now uh, he's getting them back. So Monday and Jackson were the first two to officially um, say they're coming back. Uh, a few more special teams guys. Um, they got a guy, uh, John Carlson, um, Gilbert native. He was a punter at New Mexico State. Um, you know, don't have a lot of analysis about that at New Mexico State. He probably had to punt a lot, so uh, he has experience with it. Uh, clearly, you know, Regal has some sort of connection with him because he'll be the special teams coach. And then uh, also Cal Bear, uh, long snapper, uh, Slater Zellers, which is a great name, uh, coming back to be a Sun Devil. Uh, he's from Scottsdale. They also brought in Cal running back DeCarlos Brooks. He was at Chandler for a while, had a really good high school career. Uh, and he was, wasn't was Cal's main back last year, but averaged 4.2 yards per rush last season. So if nothing else, he is a capable running back who can fill in on a few plays. Um, and maybe he'll get better from there. But again, like I said earlier, not all of these guys coming in are going to be huge names. You know, hopefully some of them will in the future, but you got to bring in guys just to fill out a roster as well. And, you know, hope for the best, hope for the growth and development uh, that they can contribute uh, in Dillingham's system. And then quarterback Jacob Conover, also from Chandler. Uh, he was at BYU and a uh, former four-star recruit, uh, Elite 11 guy didn't play, hasn't played a ton of BYU, but you know, just cause a guy hasn't played doesn't mean doesn't, you know, they have a decent quarterback there, Jaron Hall. So uh, again, just good to add, good to add another player. And I think Conover, he was a big recruit coming out of high school too. So that could be a very big impact position. And another great thing for the Borgay stands out there, like, Borgay clearly seems to be staying at this program and is recruiting guys and doesn't seem to be that 
uh, threatened or intimidated by anyone coming in, which is great, you know. And if Bourget ends up being the starting starting quarterback next year, that's awesome. You know, like I don't have I'm not in the boat of we need to get a huge quarterback just because, oh, we can't roll with Bourget. I'm more in just bringing the best players and it'll sort itself out. And if Bourget ends up being the best uh, quarterback of whoever gets brought in, then that's great too. You know, <laughs> like whatever it ends up being, um, I trust Dillingham to make the right choice of quarterback. And we've seen how we coach quarterbacks too with, with uh, Bo Nix last year. So um, another, another one I want to talk about. And if, if you guys haven't been following the portal, it's been absolutely insane. Uh, like half, half, and I'm only being a little bit hyperbolic here, basically like half of the ACC starting quarterbacks are in the portal. And even not just like Devin Leary from North Carolina state in the portal, DJ Uyunglele in the portal. Although that was kind of expected. Uh, Brennan Armstrong from Virginia in the portal. So it's, it's wild out there. And um, it's as an ASU fan, it's nice to not be the only school that's uh, being severely affected by this, you know, uh, and the school down South uh, might be losing a wide receiver because Dorian Singer, a pinnacle high school graduate, the Pac-12 receiving yardage leader, Dorian Singer, uh, posted on his Twitter account on Monday, blessed to receive an opportunity to play at ASU. And the picture is a picture of Borgay at the line of scrimmage. Now, it would be uh disingenuous for me to only say that that was the only school that reached out to him because <laughs> Utah reached out to him. I think Miami did. I think he got reached out to from a lot of schools. I mean, he led the freaking league in receiving last year. So uh that, you know, ASU isn't the only school out for him, but you know, he is, he did go to high school in Phoenix or I guess in Scottsdale at Pinnacle. So it's not like um, it's not completely out of the question for him to, you know, come up north a bit on the I-10 and come to Tempe. So that would be that would make this offseason just fantastic is if ASU got Dorian Singer from U of A, it would just make it great. And by the way, uh, Singer was uh, the one who got mad at Arizona quarterback Jane Delora. Uh, and that's where the shoving video, he, he was involved in that shoving video with the Laura. So, you know, maybe he's just, maybe he's not even relieving just for NIL reasons or something. Maybe it's just something with the Laura. I don't know. Speculation, just speculation. Um, so anyway, it's, if you're, you know, someone on Twitter like me, these are the good days, you know, the transfer portal. This is the good time to be on Twitter. If you're a sports fan, uh, just constant news updates, Players shifting where they're going to go, coaches shifting. I mean, we had coaching changes, uh, head coaching changes all over the place. You had Louisville. Uh, I mean, Satterfield leaving Louisville to go to Cincinnati. Jeff Brom leaves Purdue to go to Louisville. Who knows who Purdue's going to hire? Stanford still needs to hire someone. So for a news, college football news junkie like me, this has been a fun time. Um, 
And, you know, we'll be back. Uh, Colton couldn't make it today, but we'll be back recording, you know, probably not every single week in December, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the news brings us in Sun Devil Land. So uh, thanks for watching or listening. Uh, you know, feel free to like and subscribe and rate and review on uh, iTunes or whatever app you use to listen to us. Uh, whatever podcasting app you use to listen to us, please rate and review. And yeah, so hopefully the next time I'm talking with you, ASU has brought in more great recruits and more good players from the transfer pool. So here's to that and go Sun Devils. See you later.